welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I wanted to talk about new grain, new wine and fresh oil. And as we get ready to unpack what this could mean for us today, the new grain, the new wine and the fresh oil, I'm reminded that we are right on the edge of the future. As you finish something, as you prepare to head into the new, you're always on the edge of the future. And we're not just on the edge of a previous year stepping into a new year. We're on the edge of a previous decade heading into a new decade. And it gives people like myself an opportunity to reflect and look back on and consider how God has maybe tapped into situations and events and utilized things. And I'm excited to mention that tomorrow will mark five years since my wife, Rihanna, and I relocated to live here in Rockingham. That is five years to the day that we have spent half a decade here and previous to that five years in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, that I'm reminded looking back that we made the shift over to Cambodia with four suitcases. We moved back to Australia with eight suitcases, that over the last 10 years we've welcomed not one, not two, but three, surprise, children into our lives that things have changed and shifted, that even over the last decade, we've gained friends and experienced the greatest of breakthroughs. But even in the midst of that, we've lost friends. Even in the midst of that, we've had to persevere through the battle. It's interesting how the blessings and the battles often go hand in hand. And I don't know about you, I stand on the edge of the future sometimes. And sometimes, if I'm not careful, I'm held captive and contained by the experiences I've had instead of filled with expectation and confidence to take hold of the new. See, when you position yourself on the edge, you know you have to move forward. But sometimes the moving forward can be with hesitation, with a touch of fear, with a bit of anxiety of what's to come, what's going to happen. I can't possibly experience what I experienced before. And unless we're careful, unless we're willing to dig deep and ask God what he has for us, we can be held captive by experiences rather than energized by expectation. And that's captured all throughout the Word of God. There's a book in the Bible that I can't get out of in this new season. It's called the book of Joel. It's written by a prophet who was speaking to God's people in a season where because of their own lack of willingness to press into God, had allowed themselves to be taken captive to experience. During the season of Joel's ministry, the people of God, the remnants of the nation of Israel, had been oppressed and taken over and ruled by foreign nations, all because generations before had failed to take hold of the fact that they were God's beloved and if they maintained their love for God above all, they were to be a blessing to all other nations. Instead, they became ruled by circumstances and situations and were taken from a place of faith and were led into places of fear. And so the book of Joel captures this, I believe, at a significant season in the lives of the people of the remnants of Israel where they're right on the edge of the future. And if you read the book, the first chapter seems to just unpack the bad that they've experienced, the battles that they've faced, the things that they've lost, 
And you get the sense of the picture is that right as they're on the edge of entering into the new that God has for them, if they're not careful, all they're going to carry with them into the new is the old. And they have the opportunity now to press ahead, to take hold of everything that God would have for them. But as they have the challenge of taking hold of it, they're dragging behind them the broken dreams, the poor experiences, the disappointment and the discouragement. And as they are at the edge of the future, in Joel chapter 2, verse 19, God hijacks the conversation and interjects his heart for his people. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 19, the Lord answered his people, look, I'm about to send you grain. Can you say grain? New wine and fresh oil. You will be satisfied with them and I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. Of all the things that God could hijack the conversation with, that's not something that I would necessarily choose. What's the importance of grain, new wine, fresh oil? See, to that people at that time, those represented the foundations of life itself. They were the key to living a prosperous life. In fact, for these people, their offerings to God were often built about them giving back to God representatives of their first fruits of their grain and their new wine and their fresh oil. That even they were to give God and worship God with the resources that they produced in their land. And it's interesting that God says, I'm going to take what you would give me and I'm going to bless that and multiply that and pour that out over you. And what God was saying in that statement is he's hijacking the conversation about the future. What's new? What are we entering into? We're so fearful of the old. He says, you're not taking the old with you. I have for you new grain. Grain represents the foundation of the bread of life for all people. That they were to take the grain and by grinding it up, by working the grain, by getting it between stone mills and grinding and grinding, they could take something that was inedible and they could turn it into something that was the foundation of all their meals. They could take the new wine, which is easy for us to say wine's about intoxication, but it was more than that. It was a community, it was a community connection point that you would celebrate together and gather around the family and enjoy connection. The fresh oil. Oil was not just used as an ingredient. It was used in cosmetics to cover. It was used to carry fragrance. It was a multi-purpose tool that was used throughout almost everything that they produced so that it could empower and make better what they had. So I believe to us, to us, to us today that the bread is speaking to us of the new grain that God wants to energize us as we enter into the new. I believe that the new wine is speaking to us that God is saying to us today, even then, more so today for us here in this room, that he wants to enrich us as we go forward. That even the fresh oil is speaking today that there is a fresh empowerment that God wants to pour out over your life so you can press into everything that he has for you as he presses over your life. That there is grain available for you now. That you don't have to carry the old. That there is new wine and fresh oil. So what's so important about this? For me, I 
have previous experience. I actually spent a decade working for a certain fast food chain. And I came across an article just the other week where there was a certain burger that has cheese and meat and ketchup and mustard and onions and pickles on it that just recently turned 10 years old in Iceland. A 10-year-old burger that somebody had bought from a certain fast food or quick service, they used to call it in my day, quick service restaurant experience, that they went in 10 years ago in November to buy a burger that had cheese, meat, cheese, ketchup, pickles, onion, and then they took the burger home as an experiment. They left it in the wrapper, in the bag, in the cupboard for three years and decided to go back to it and open it up and found that after three years, the burger and everything in the burger was still intact without mould or mildew or issue. Well, that burger then has survived for another seven years on top of that, where it is now pride of place in somebody's home, where you can even live stream it if you find it online to see the reality of it in Iceland. With this burger, the owner says the paper has gotten old, but surprisingly enough, the burger hasn't. Most predominantly or most surprising is probably the bun because it's meant to be filled with nutrients that would spoil over time. Unfortunately, it hasn't spoiled, which may say something about the nutrients involved. A 10-year-old burger. So I don't know about you, but my interaction with bread has often been the Wonder White variety. But in the culture of that day, in Joel's culture, bread was so thick with nutrients that it was the foundation of all meals. And what I feel God is saying to us today jumps out to us from something that Jesus said himself in Matthew 4, chapter 4, where he says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I want to say to you today, as you head into the new, as you start to enter into the future that God has for you, that there's something in his word that will sustain you and energize you more than anything before. And it is possible to take hold of it. But I believe out of this promise, the grain is given to us. You had to take the grain from the harvest and work it to produce the nutrient-rich bread that you could live off. I believe the Word of God is the same for us today. That for many of us, the future is found in our willingness and our desire, if we can tap into it, to say that we will take the Word of God and we will work it and we will chew over it and we will develop it into our hearts until it starts to sustain us and shape us into the future that God has for us. See, if we get one day in the Word of God, maybe we blink and we miss it. Maybe two days in the Word of God. Maybe it's enough for us to carry a little thought. Maybe three days we can carry a theme. Maybe four days it starts to build up in us. But what if you did five days and it starts to become who you are or six days or seven days and all of a sudden everything that we have and are is shaped by the words God wants to speak into our lives. So I want to say to you today that God has new grain for you. 
And he wants to speak into your heart, both through his written word, which is his revelation from beginning of time to now, that he is speaking to us and reaching out to us so that we can encounter him. But it's not just that, that as you encounter God through his written word and you position yourself to feed on what he has for you, you'll start to hear the word that he wants to speak into your heart, which is the living word for today. And I want to challenge you as you head into the new, the future that God has for yourself, do not be robbed. There is so much available in Him. As we're willing to work and position and say, be shaped by the nutrients for your spiritual life are right there in His Word. You might be sitting here today and thinking, where do I even begin? It's a good question. Why not begin or even if I could say to you, if you've followed Jesus for a number of years, begin again at the stories about Jesus. Make it your commitment to go through the accounts of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John because as you get a picture of who Jesus is, you get a picture of who God has called you to be. Jesus is perfect theology. As you encounter him in the written word, I promise you God has for you words that he wants to speak into your heart. Allow the grain to be worked so you can be energized in all that God has for you. The other thought is the new wine. As we step on the edge of the new, as we're preparing to enter into the future, there is new wine. And my first introduction to wine was in an aluminium bag (laughs) strapped on a clothesline and spun around repeatedly until you grab hold of it and position yourself under the fount of this most foul, acidic, tasting substance. My introduction to wine was for the sole purpose of drunkenness. And I thought it was cool, but disgusting at the same time. This aluminium goon bag. (laughs) I don't see many of those around anymore. Some of the old things we might need to bring back. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh, passion pop. (laughs) For some people, all their interaction with wine is for the purpose of losing control of themselves, but that is not the heart of God for us. It says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, can you say the word instead? See, instead implies that there's a choice here, that you could look at one thing and go down one path or embrace a different path. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd say to you today that there is a new wine available. It's a wine that comes as you allow God by His Spirit to come on you and communicate with you and connect with Him, much like we crush grapes to produce the juice that goes into fermentation to give us the new wine. It is God's desire so that we would come to Him as we dig into His Word, as we embrace the grain, as we allow the Word to speak into our heart, that that transformation comes when we commune with the Spirit of God Himself. The purpose of wine is to bring joy and connection. 
When my wife and I were married, we got married fairly young. We were married. We are married, aren't we still? I don't want to go through the wedding photos again. I'm sorry. Worst day. No, it was amazing. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that was the worst day. That was the worst moment of the day where I had to smile on cue. I'm not very good at that. It was a slip of the word. Not as bad as what Pastor Carolyn did, though. But, 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 come on, you're, you're eating into my preaching time. You're eating into my preaching time. But Rihanna and I went, after we were married, 21 years old, we thought it's time to act mature and refined. We're still working on it, unfortunately. And one of the things we decided to do, because we like to go exploring and we like to get lost along the way, is where we lived, there were a number of wineries that were not particularly good, but they were there. And that we decided, well, each week we're going to visit a new winery and we're going to allow the, whoever they are, the sommiers or whatever they are, to teach us about wines because we don't know anything and we want to learn about the bouquet and the flavour and this and that. And we went to all these different wineries, one after the other. Now, it wasn't to get tanked because there weren't any goon bags involved, but we'd just go to taste and enjoy the setting. And we went to many wineries that were beautiful on the outside, but sterile inside, where you were left without any certainty that this is anything but a business, where they're looking for a transaction. And we would go into these places excited to see, but then find that we're there to be used. And if we, like we were, not wanting to buy anything, just wanting to use up their time and learn, once they found that out, it wasn't very nice. But we went to one winery towards the end that was quite a ways away. We had to make a day trip called Vela de Esther. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it because... This winery was a small winery at a man's home that he'd opened up his home. He was a Hungarian man in his 80s who had moved and immigrated to Australia and loved his Hungarian wines but found that he couldn't get it in Australia. So he did what most people did in that time. He just started to cultivate his own vineyard. He went into the commitment of digging up the ground and planting the seed and cultivating the vines until he had his own winery. And you didn't know about this winery unless you knew the local community where people would use word of mouth to talk about it. And when we entered into that space, we were received as if we were family members. See, what happened is we came in and we're looking around. It's beautiful, but it was basically somebody's home. And he invites us in and we hardly understand what he's saying to us, but he was so happy to have us come and try his wines that he pulled up a table next to us, got out his Vegemite jar that he must have cleaned out this that morning and poured for us wine for us to try in Vegemite jars. And it was the greatest wine I've ever had in my life. Now, I don't know whether the wine was amazing, but the company was. And he told us stories about his life, about his passion, and about his joy. Do you know that new wine is used to bring people together in its best form? And it's the heart of God as you enter into the new, for you to enter into a relationship with God that may have some semblance of the old, but is so new and invigorating that he is wanting to reveal to you who he is 
to draw you in so that you could experience the joy that he has for you. I want to say that there is grain available. I want to say that there is new wine available. And lastly, if I could submit to you today, as we enter into the new, that there is fresh oil that God wants to pour out over your life. In the culture of Joel's day, the oil was probably the most significant part of this journey because oil was used in almost everything they cooked. It was even used as a way of cooking. It was even used in their fragrances and their cosmetics. It was used as a foundation point of their way of life. It almost connected the dots and allowed them to live the way that they wanted to live. And the oil would come from olives and they would grow these olives and they would do to the olives similar to what's done to grain and wine or the grapes. So you see, to get the new wine, you have to crush the grapes, which I think to me today speaks to the fact that as you draw near to the Holy Spirit, do not be surprised if you come in direct confrontation with your insecurities and anxieties as God crushes those out of your life to draw you into a closer relationship with Him. See, the grain, don't be surprised that the work you put into milling the grain so that you can feed on the Word of God, that in the work you build your strength and your ability to interact with God in your day-to-day life and hear His voice. But I want to say to you the most important point today about the fresh oil is that they would take the olives and they would crush them like they crushed grapes, but they wouldn't stop there. They would then take the grapes, uh, take the olives that they crushed, and then they would grind them as if they're grinding the grain. But they would not stop there. Once they've got that, they would press down on what was left. And they would separate out of the impurities and the muck, the oil that would spill over and flow underneath. Now I want to submit to you today that the fresh oil God has for you As you press into him, he will press into you. And as you allow him to press into you, don't be surprised if the anointing oil starts to flow out over your life. You might be thinking, what is this oil? The oil represents the empowerment that comes by the Spirit of God on your life so that in every circumstance and situation you find yourself in, you can bring heaven to earth and invade that space and enforce the hostile takeover that God has for that situation and circumstance because you are anointed, you are empowered, you are set apart, you have fresh oil, you can make a difference. You are not called just to receive. If it's all about receiving and nothing to give, there's no growth and no difference made but as you receive what God has for you as he presses into you and the oil comes out the purpose of the oil is for you to give blessings to other that God wants to anoint your business or anoint your workplace or anoint you in the marketplace so you can be blessed to be a blessing it's not just for you although you will benefit it's so that you can give and make a difference That God has an anointing for you to lay hands on the sick and have the sick recover. We are pressing into this idea that God has a life-changing encounter set apart for every single individual that will lead to spiritual hunger. We are rebelling against the idea that the purpose of church is to entertain and soothe. We are not the dry bones. We're the living army that is rising up and says, Lord God, we thank you that you've led us to the edge of the future. And we say as we enter in, 
Lord God, with confidence and expectation, thank you for the grain you have for us. Thank you for the new wine you have for us. Thank you for the fresh oil. And we take it and we run with it into every area of life. Last thought I have for you, if I can submit as we prepare to pray. Oil's talked about a lot throughout Scripture. One of the things that sticks out to me so significantly is the story that Jesus told where oil was the focal point. He told a story about 10 people. He uses the story 10 virgins. And he says that five of these people were prepared for what God was doing, five weren't. And here was the difference. See, they all had some oil and a wick, which was basically a candle. And they were invited to join a wedding that was about to take place, but they didn't know when. And they were challenged, just be ready, just be ready. Keep, keep the oil filled and the wick burning because you don't know when this is going to happen. And when you're called upon, you want to be able to respond. And in the story that Jesus is telling, because he would often teach people through story, the fact that it's a story doesn't take away that it's truth. Just helps us connect with it. And he said in this story that these 10 people, 10 women, five were wise, five were unwise. And what was the difference? Well, the five wise ones maintained their oil, which must have meant that they were willing to press in and get more. That when they noticed that their oil was getting down, they didn't just ignore it and say, well, I'm sure somebody else is going to fix this. I'm waiting for somebody to come and be the solution here. They took it upon themselves to maintain what they'd been given so that they could be overwhelming and overflowing for the response that was going to come. But the the five that were unwise must have watched the wick burn away at the oil until they had nothing left. And for whatever reason, decided in their hearts to say, I'm just going to leave it at that. See, what they had is a memory of what God had given them, not the reality of where he was taking them. They had the memory of what had been given to them, not the reality of where God was taking them. So that's a word for somebody today. God is wanting to do old things in new ways. You're probably thinking, I've done it all. I've tried it all. I've been there. Of course, but if you let the oil go, if you let it go, there's nothing to be led into the future and you are right on the edge of the new right now. And so in Jesus' story, the word comes out, the bridegroom is here, the wedding is happening, come, get ready. And the five wise virgins who had the oil flowing, flowed out to join. And the five that were unwise couldn't leave their place of the past, of it didn't work out the way I thought. Why didn't somebody come and fix this for me? And they were left there in discouragement and disappointment. The challenge I give you today as you step into the new, take the grain that he has for you in his word that is written but spoken into your heart. Partake of the wine, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, fellowship with other people who love God to build you up and enrich your life. But most of all, Position yourself in a place of worship, a lifestyle of surrender, 
that says, as I press into God, he presses into me and let the oil flow out of everything that you do. In Jesus' name. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.